Hey, 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 what's going on, Podcast Nation? This is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining me on another episode of the Matador Yachtcast. Yes, I said Yachtcast, not podcast. We are here in beautiful, beautiful, sunny Tampa, Florida, just right outside of the Digital Dealer Conference. And I have some amazing guests with me today. We're going to have some awesome conversation. Welcome to the Matador Yachtcast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. I have the one, the only, the oh-so-famous, Miss Tiana Mick. Tiana, what's up? How you doing? Hey, thanks for having me and having all of us. Um, <laughs> we're super excited to be a digital dealer, but super excited to be on this Matador yacht. So. We, yes, we, it is cool. It's I first called it a boat, and then everyone wants to correct me. They're like, it's not a boat. It's I a said, yacht. All right, <laughs> it's a yacht. <laughs> it's a yacht. I, I have the infamous, the infamous George Nettie. George, what's up? How you doing? I'm feeling great. Thanks I'm feeling having. great. <laughs> living in style. I have the marketing ninja herself, Ashley Cavosa. Did I say it right this no, time? Yeah. I totally messed it up, didn't yeah. I? Okay, how do I say it properly? And also, um, digital is really, I'm not the The marketing. digital ninja. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I apologize. I have the digital ninja, Ashley, with us. What's up? Hi, Jason. I'm so glad to be here. So, I mean, seriously, Tampa, Florida beats Minneapolis right now. Like, this is beautiful. Right? Yes, it is. It is. Hey, we're going to have some fun conversation today. But, hey, before we get into our conversation, I like kicking off all these podcasts with some origin stories. A, because I'm always fascinated to find out how anybody actually chooses to get in the automotive industry. No, it's a great industry. I love this industry, but I'm always curious. So, Tiana, I'll start with you, and then we'll work my way down to you, Ashley. How did you get started in this crazy little world we call the automotive industry? <laughs> yeah, that's an awesome <laughs> Uh, question and I'm sure all of us have many different ways and stories but it definitely wasn't on purpose so I was originally in college for crime scene investigation and doing things like that but my family was always in the automotive industry and I kind of was like that teenager that's like I'm never gonna do it I'm not gonna do it <laughs> and then college was like costing a lot of money like a lot of money and then I realized okay even if I get this degree it's not gonna equal to the amount that I want to make and then I realized car sales you can make as much as you can earn right so mm -hmm. I popped into car sales and I started selling cars and I built my own brand called tgotyourkeys.com and I was candidly only selling around like 20 cars a month but I was concerned Consistently, the top grossing salesperson, and I built my own brand, tgotyourkeys.com, like That's I said. Awesome. So I kind of took that, and now, you know, other OEMs and manufacturers are kind of looking at me to build that on a global stance. So super excited to be here and stumble into automotive that way. <laughs> that's, that's great. Hey, George, uh, just woke up one day, said, yeah, I'm going to do automotive. How'd that start? Yeah, just, just one day. <laughs> just um, yeah, so, so been in the car business. I'm like the old guy on the panel. Been in the car business since 93. So two of my brothers started uh, dealer specialties. Um, you're still in business today, big uh, automotive inventory provider. I joined in 93 and we really uh, franchised and covered the country from 94 to 2000. Uh, the brothers sold the business to Trader Publishing. Uh, I stayed on, they retired. Uh, Trader began making acquisitions in digital marketing, CRM, DMS. Uh, I was fortunate enough to run operations for CRM, uh, digital marketing, websites and de uh, dealer specialties until August of 2017 when I left to start Generations Digital. So what we do is uh, we're not an agency. We don't sell any, any agency services. We make dealers uh, better consumers of digital marketing mm -hmm. through education, deep reporting, Google Analytics, Data Studio, and uh, uh, love, love doing it. So. 
It's so much fun. We can geek out about data, I know, all day long. <laughs> Ashley, for yourself, did you just wake up one day and say, I'm going to be an auto, or how'd that totally. work out? Totally. Oh, yeah, exactly I figured that's what I, I figured that was going to happen. Um, <laughs> actually, it's interesting. We kind of talked about this right before we <laughs> yeah. started, but um, I grew up in radio and TV. My family owns a broadcasting business. My grandfather was one of the first Spanish radio stations in Texas. Um, I just grew up around people, like, just loved being around people, getting to know them, um, just connecting with the community and I was in college similar to Tiana I was going to school for business marketing and my friends graduated with their degrees I mm -hmm. was a little behind because I was kind of supporting myself so it took me a little bit longer and I stumbled into a receptionist position in Corpus Christi <laughs> Texas and I got promoted very quickly to their internet marketing manager and my friends graduated and they were still working their college jobs mm -hmm. and struggling and not quite being able to make ends meet. And I had this year to go and I'm like, okay, college is expensive. <laughs> um, I might take a break. I'm going to keep pursuing my automotive career. Fast forward, I'm now in Minnesota and uh, leading digital performance for Walzer Automotive Group. And I love, love my job. That's awesome. Yeah, you know what? It is definitely one of those businesses that once it kind of gets under your skin and into your blood, it just doesn't come out. There's just no way of doing it. You get, it's got a taste like, mm, that tastes good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I can't, I, I'm, I just can't imagine ever doing anything else. It's just, it's just, and it's so challenging. And talk about challenges. I mean, last 24 months, whoo, that was interesting, right? So that happened, yay. Um, but I, it's amazing what has happened in the industry just from just monstrous fundamental changes, right? Everything from the way we communicate digitally. I, I honestly do believe that, you know, this was the final nail in the coffin to the sales process. You know, that 12 point, you must go this direction to sell a car, you know, to, to now there's buying processes and there's more, so many different ways that a customer can buy, engage and communicate. And as an industry, we were maybe kind of slightly forced or pushed, but man, it was just Fundamentally, I think I've seen more changes from dealership operations to the way that we track and approach things to the way that we digitally talk and communicate. So I'd love to kind of get your guys' thoughts. A lot of changes. What do you think kind of the biggest change has been for you in the last 24 months? Tiana, I'll start with you and I'll work my way down. Yeah, so I think a lot of dealers now, if, you know, like you said, in the last 24 months more than ever, right? I think they've started realizing okay, maybe my salespeople need to start having more of an implementation process when it comes to advertising mm -hmm. or marketing. Um, so, like, imagine if every dealership, you know, had a website, right? Everybody has a website, you know, but you don't all use your OEM website because, you know, you want to stand out. You want to be different. You want to be seen and heard. So imagine if your dealership, each and every salesperson, say you have 10 salespeople, were simultaneously outreaching to each and every one of their networks just hey you know this is the place where you have to buy a car this is the place where you get the best deal now you have 10x right we always talk about like 10x and everything we have 10x you know the free advertising that you have on social media so i think now dealers more than ever have realized that their salespeople need to be started you know being held accountable one for posting things, bringing their own traffic into the dealership, not just relying, you know, on the dealership just to feed you and get you sales. But if anything, I think this has kind of made, you know, salespeople realize this is my own business. I need to start looking at it like that too. And I think from a, like an analytics perspective, that's that's tough to that's tough to track, here, right? Because it's not one brand. You have ten people out there actively promoting yourself through their brand which I think can make things very, very interesting. But George, for you, a lot of changes in the last 24 months, a lot of changes happening right now too, just a GA4 coming around around the door, uh, just monster changes with Google My Business, or 
business profile. Yes, <laughs> I yeah. gotta keep remember saying that. What what have, some of the biggest changes you've seen in the last 24 months? Yeah, last 24 months, of course, you know, the, the focus has been you know uh, used cars and, and fixed ops. Yes. You sell new cars when you can. Around the fixed ops, I think the, the lowest hanging fruit for every dealer. We just did a session this morning, uh, digital dealer on separating separate. Google business profiles for service. Mm -hmm. There's a couple, and it was amazing to me. We actually didn't even cover it. We assumed everyone had done that, and a few hands went up saying, "Do you mean we have to se separate these out?" And so, we kind of rewound the presentation and, and basically preached that to the dealers. And for those skeptical, I just said, "Well, just grab your phone and just search in your market." Oh my gosh, this independent dealer, the big box, right? So they're all winning, and unless you have a separate profile, you can't win on that. And then GA48, you mentioned that. So we're uh, we're starting a big push in uh, in the month of May, so that on June 1st we're going to have all the code in place for dealers for GA4. Um, it's not like dealers need to learn GA4 tomorrow or even start using it. Just get the tracking code in place, so that when it, you know, when uh, the current Universal Analytics gets mothballed in um, July of 2023, you'll have 14 months of data if you do it this month. So uh, it's, it's very light lifting. I've got a I've got a PDF. I'm glad to share with folks on how to do it and. Just let your website company take care of it for you. I'm actually kind of excited because I really do kind of like, well, actually, I'll be honest with you, actually, I wasn't excited at first, right? So I get into GA4, I'm playing with it, I'm learning I'm learning my way through it, and I'm like, this sucks. I don't like this. <laughs> no, and then now I'm, you know, now I've got a few months underneath my belt. I'm yeah. like, wait a second. I I, I like it because it, it is more of a multi-touch uh, kind of approach to it, you know, versus, you know, just like, hey, this is what's coming in. Let's not kind of talk about what happened in the middle there. Here's your results, yep. right? And now it's like, no, 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 no. Let's focus a lot of what kind of happened in the middle and what that journey was, uh, and which is great because I think that's what we're going to be focusing on for the next 10 years. I think it's going to be a lot about customer journey communications, the things we've kind of learned from the last 24 months. It, it's, it's cool. I'm actually very excited for it. But Me good too. point, though. Get the code on your site now. If you're watching and listening and you haven't done that, do it now so at least those those uh, triggers are firing. You're able to collect that data. You know, get, that's a great one. Hey, ask you for yourself, a lot of changes. So Especially many. digital, man. Yes. I can't imagine for you how oh many God. changes. <laughs> like, what has been some of the biggest ones for you in the last 24 you months? You know, it's actually been a huge help for me and my cause because my my focus is making sure that our stores are equipped mm -hmm. to be efficient, to deliver the customer experience that they're wanting, right? And picking up basically where they left off online. Now, as we remember two years ago, salespeople were still waiting by the front door yes. for somebody to walk in the door. And me trying to coach teams, I, I'm at Walzer, we are one point of contact. Mm -hmm. oh, uh, like one that. person, we don't have a BDC. We don't have finance managers. My salespeople do it all. And trying to get them to focus on what's coming in on the CRM is really tough mm -hmm. when they have customers coming through the front door. So what we were able to do is that traffic has decreased dramatically. Now they're like, Ashley, help us. How do we drive traffic in? They actually want to see me in their store when I in. They're like, I have a question for you. I want to talk through this. And it's just for me, I'm like, hallelujah. Like, this is what I've been waiting 12 years for, for salespeople yes. to want to be in the CRM, yes. for my managers <laughs> to want to follow up with customers in a timely manner and actually deliver that experience. On top of it, video. We're huge on our video culture and trying to get, we really push personalized video on top of it. When I first started kind of taking over my Minnesota stores for Walzer, we were about 30% personalized or just video to all leads, not even personalized. Wow, that's awesome. 30%. My goal was to get them to 150 and we surpassed that. We hit 160. We average about 30,000 videos a month, wow. personalized videos. 
but that wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for the past two years. I mean, right? I think it would it yes. would have happened, but it would have taken a lot longer. It would have long. taken longer. It would have taken, taken a longer. lot longer. Yes. Yeah, there's been a lot of, let's call them snowballs of change that have started rolling. Uh, I got to be honest with you, I've seen some of these amazing snowballs of change. I've seen some of them slowing down in certain places, and it makes me nervous, you know. But I, I really hope that our industry really does just kind of embrace all those changes and that we just kind of keep that going. Um, let's talk about kind of like how the last 24 months, I think, is going to kind of affect things kind of moving forward. From maybe from a branding perspective, because I do believe there are more dealerships now that are uh, putting time and money behind their individual salespeople's mm -hmm. brands. Uh, but that's scary for a lot of people. That's scary for a lot of people. So I'd like to go there and then kind of just the future then also, the, the future of analytics and, and how do we, you know, it's, it's all about the customer experience, right? So now there's gonna be a lot of unique things that we can measure from an online experience and how that translates into the in dealership experience. And then, you know, ask you for yourself, like just all this newfound data, you know, <laughs> between people out there being their own brands, all right, and now being able to really kind of track both the digital and the physical experience. So this is where we're going to go. I'm going to start with Tiana, mm -hmm. kind of on the branding side. You know, coming out of the, now the last 24 months, moving forward, you know, what do you really kind of hope to see that dealers kind of really embrace what they've learned about personal brands? So when it comes to personal branding, I think these last couple of months have, like, just to reiterate, have just stressed the importance of it. And not only that, I feel like there's more of a less professionalism now mm -hmm. in the workplace and in the transaction, if that makes sense, too. And, and, and how you advertise. I see a lot of dealers and a lot of organizations now, they're, they're on TikTok, right? I'm on TikTok, and that's <laughs> how I promote myself and my brands. And to me, I feel like that's more personal, and it's less professional, and it's more trustworthy and, tr and, and, and believable to the customer. So I see a lot of dealers starting to put advertising money towards TikTok, mm -hmm. or now more on Instagram versus just Facebook or just, you know, not to not Google, but just Google. You know, they're all, they all need, you know, their little pieces in the puzzle. So 100%, um, lots of new, uh, Pinterest. Exactly, the guys from Pinterest, Pinterest right here. They're all, I mean, things I would have never even thought about. Yeah, yes. you're absolutely right. So I just think everybody's kind of getting more into that personalized um, selling experience. And I think dealers are starting to realize that's what really customers want. They want something personal. Mm -hmm. They want something um, that's kind of catered more towards them. So if each salesperson can have their own kind of brand um, that caters to each demographic you're trying to sell to, I don't really see, you know, you having an issue of selling to a customer. Well, it, it creates a very impactful upfront experience you know and and when i think of kind of the experience and how we measure the experience and how we optimize the experience you know that that does make it very interesting i know there's still dealers out there that are worried like what about my brand well but it's like we're, we're the, uh, the dealership's brand and we call this a people business right mm -hmm. but do we really call it a people business? Like, <laughs> but is it really you know so I, I look i'm with you i i you know i do know some dealerships out there that have actually now allocated monthly budgets to sales people's actual brands and I think that's amazing you know and how that promotes the experience now taking that experience kind of to the, the next step and now in a digital experience there are just so many ways we can now measure that digital experience you know what's kind of coming down the pipelines for us George? As far as measuring I mean I, you know, um, I think further embracing data studio there's a lot yes. of great studio uh, uh, templates out there and I know large dealer groups are definitely you're taking all that uh, all that data and putting it into into Data Studio. Dealers can also get a free API for Google My Business um, to, to flow that into Data Studio as well, and that 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 creates some really powerful reporting. Yeah, can, can we go a little bit further down yeah. that that rabbit hole because I do not think a lot of people watching listening even know what that is. Yeah. So uh, you know the Google Business Profile has has reporting called Insights, and it's it's really good data and interesting, but it's not trended. It's all snapshot for mm -hmm. the most part, and so I think for for dealers it's more important to say 
year over year is my service page getting more searches, views, actions, activity, right? So trending in it, I think is key. Um, and so um, you, uh, you can do an API through a company called Jepto, that's J-E-P-T-O, and they'll give you a free API where you can uh, connect your Google business profiles and then flow it in. And they, they have uh, default templates that are wonderful. You use those templates and you're off to the races. Um, one, one point just talking about the last two years though and talking about digital, I think every dealer should also audit the homepage uh, on a regular mm -hmm. basis, but today, most importantly, a lot of dealers still have drop downs for you know view cars under uh, $20,000 or under $15,000 or $10,000. And so 20, they're probably okay with, but you know, a lot of dealers have no cars under 10 and under 15. And so they still have That's those menuing. Do you still have a sell trade button on your, on your site? Have you forgot the blocking and tackling? Like we still want their car. We still want their trade. Um, and have you experimented with things like little buckets of you know, cars uh, that get better than 35 miles per gallon, right? Create a, create a, create a button on your site. Go to, a, go to an SRP with those, with those vehicles and see if you get a lot of click, acti click activity. Just try it and see, yeah. you know? So I think uh, interest rates will have an impact and, and so maybe some additional marketing around that, around, you know, that'll, that'll start becoming more important. But what we say to dealers is, you know, always put 10 bets on the table knowing that two or three of those bets won't work. You know, if you're not failing, then you're not, you're not experimenting enough. And especially with digital, the whole idea is that you just, that you A-B test constantly. 100%, 100%, and I think that's a good point. I mean, when I think of the overall experience, if we have, you know, if we have individual brands out there that are promoting this 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 experience and their first impression is that digital that, that, that digital real estate, you know, um, I, I'm actually with you, George. I think about that for the last 24 months. Uh, the websites really haven't changed. Like, it seems like our communication efforts have evolved, our branding efforts have evolved, and then it's like someone go, Oh shit! Did we forget about the website? Um, did yeah. we? Right? I mean, yeah. There, there was a great article written that says websites weren't built for scarcity, and it's mm. a fact. I mean, go it's to true. a Chrysler store and try to try to find a vehicle they don't have. It just says, "Sorry, no search results. Try again." As opposed to, click here to reserve your car. I mean, you guys know all that. I yeah. mean, just create calls to action around <laughs> scarcity. I know. Actually, I know. I know. You're you're ready for this yeah. one. I can see the I can see oh, the gears running. You know, it's just, but you. This is right up your alley. I mean, when you think about that, like it just hasn't caught up yet. Which is so crazy because look at your traffic. Go into mm -hmm. your CRM, see how much of your traffic is coming online, how much of it is coming through the phone, and how much is coming through the show floor. And I bet at least minimum 70% of that is digital. So if your website is your showroom, why are you not applying what you should to enhance your website, to enhance that digital experience to the customer? They want transparency, they want ease, they want to know that it's gonna be a smooth transition. You know, you don't have to be, and I've talked with other dealers about this, like the one person thing, I just can't wrap my head around it, or I need a BDC. Totally understand. The main thing is you have to have a smooth transition for them. Yes. So even if you have a BDC, make sure that when that salesperson picks it up, there is not a fumble. They pick up the ball right where it was and they continue where the customer left off with the BDC. And I think a lot of people are missing that that piece of it. For the us, handoff, being, yeah. it's, it's all about yeah. the handoff. Um, for us being one person, it's really, where was the customer at? I helped my teams understand this is where their lead was. This is where the customer was. They're not leads, they're customers. There's somebody on the other <laughs> side of the screen that gave you their phone number, that gave you their email address. Why are you not replying to them like a person? And think about where they were. Go fill out a lead on autotrader.com and see what it was like for them. Go to your website, go to cars.com, go wherever it is that you're getting your leads from and see what it's like from their perspective and understand where they were. And then you'll understand how you need to deliver that experience. But it's all about transparency. It's about giving them what they want when they want it. So we're fortunate we have Fuse Auto Tech as our software to deliver numbers when we need to deliver them to the customer to have mm -hmm. that one person, one price 
experience really smooth but just make sure your managers are ready too like that's really the key thing is. is your managers are there to manage process and lead people so are they leading their people the way they should and giving them what they need are they too busy talking in the back or when you come up with the deal hey i need numbers i need a trade appraisal this customer is not coming in without numbers i need to give them something stop what you're doing that customer comes first not what's for lunch but take care of 100%. the customer and, and that's what ultimately creates that experience and you know I, i'm with you i think i think the next i i, I i'm going to say that the next kind of like decade let's say of kind of like automotive conferences and like content and stuff like that is going to have a lot to do with the digital physical handoff all right um and just how how both the not only the dealership but the salespeople from an individual from the dealership's uh, perspective as far as like what's my responsibility in in providing this digital environment all right and then what is that transition from a digital digital physical you know it's it's funny cuz you think about it like George we we've been a lot of we guys have been in the business for a while to so remember that you know the big conversation a long time ago was about the the handoff from the sales to the service oh that was so rocky but now we're talking about the handoff from our digital uh, showroom to our physical showroom and I think that's going to be huge you know I don't see as many conversations around lead quantity quality anymore <laughs> which thank god I'm so glad that we're not talking about that anymore you know that we are actually talking about and measuring like conversations versus just how many how many people came to my site and how many leads were generated I, I think we're beyond that George do you think we're beyond yeah, that completely, just, yes. okay thank you thank you good we're D- out dealers should have no interest in, in traffic Visitors. Yes. yes. Somebody offers 10,000 leads or 10,000 visitors, just say, I have no interest. 500 yes. shoppers, super interesting. Yeah. Exactly. That is a great, great point. Okay. Um, I know we're getting towards the tail end of our time, but I got one last question for you guys. Look, we're here in, we're here in Tampa, Florida. We're at Digital Dealer, which I've always enjoyed this conference. I think they do an amazing job of bringing just, you know, uh, OEM speakers and dealer speakers and vendor speakers and really kind of creating this amazing mix. But... I do, I do come to these events and I always sometimes kind of wonder, like, what is the takeaway? What do I take back to my dealership and start putting, you know, into, into place? And I'd love to kind of get each one of your guys' individual thoughts on that. Tiana, I'll start with you and then Ashley, I'll finish with you. You know, what do you hope someone attending an event like this today is going to take back to their dealership and start executing? Well, in my opinion, just because our session just kind of has to deal with, <laughs> like, diversity, inclusion, and those kind of topics is not forgetting that that still is a thing that we need to fight for Mm -hmm. in the automotive industry because we are kind of i feel like an industry that's a little slower to evolve or to grasp onto maybe newer social concepts um as far as like other industries and i think we are definitely evolving fast but we do have a lot of ways to go so with our session we just hope that you know we can put more people that look like our customers in management more people that look like our customers you know behind the desks and actually helping our customers you know with their business transactions and everyday lives and we just want the representation and at least the chance to have the you know the diversity there so i just I, hope that if you yes. come regardless of what you learn <laughs> um bring you know some diversity back to your dealership those conversations need to happen if they haven't happened they need to happen happen right and it does need to be kind of an open conversation and and look I've actually been helping some dealerships have those conversations and I actually say my best advice is don't do it at the dealership yeah do it off-site 
right? Don't yeah. let things like you know find a place that's comfortable for everyone that you can actually have a real open conversation about. That's mm -hmm. amazing. I a like that. Like you said, a mutual comfort, not just your office, because that's yes. comfortable for you, right? Yes, exactly. So make everybody comfortable and fight for the same common goal. Hundred percent, George. For yourself, what do you what are you kind of hoping people kind of attending? You know, here at this uh, here at Digital Dealer, take back and start executing immediately. Yeah, I, I mentioned a few. You know, breaking out yes. service, uh, Google Business Profile, of course, you know, setting up your code for uh, Google Analytics for. I'd say from a broad perspective, just you know, um, digital marketing is not that hard, right? There's just so many smart <laughs> operators that we run into and they're running dealerships or general manager of dealerships that feel intimidated by, by digital marketing just because there's acronyms and things they don't understand. And honestly, when, when, when you demystify it all and you kind of just dig in a little bit, it's not that hard. It's just, you know, and dealers are smart folks. They know how to run their business. They know how to read their P&L and make decisions. They should apply that same you know, um, energy and effort around around their analytics data and their reporting. Take ownership of it. Don't don't allow your agency to control your reporting, but but you know, value that reporting as you do your P and L, right? Yes. Why, why do you want to be like admin that. of your Google Analytics? Because you can't afford to lose all your history. Can you imagine running your dealership without the last five years of your P and L? Be very <laughs> tough, right? So we we got to treat our analytics as a, as uh, that equal important piece. So. No, that's actually a really good point. I mean, I am still surprised. I run into that occasional agency that has ownership of that and it wasn't set up from there. I mean, I think if, for anybody out there watching and listening, like you guys do need to own your own data. You guys need to own your own ad manager accounts. Don't let an agency kind of oh, build yeah. that up for you. You need to own that. You can hire an agency to work within your space, but it needs to be your space. That's an amazing point. That's very, very, and, 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 and so, um, so important right now. Yeah. The best practice, if it's Nenny Chevrolet, just set up Nenny Chevrolet Analytics at gmail.com. Don't tie it to a person. <laughs> Have that email address be the one you use for the you know, for those like logins, that. that's a, that's a real simple. The person one, leaves, yes. you still got that email address because you own that. Exactly, that's a good one. That's good. Ashley, for yourself, for people that are attending the event, what's the one takeaway you really hope they bring back to the dealership and start executing? It's so hard to pick one. I, I know, right? I know. Okay, well, I'll let you go for two. Go okay, for so one, I am fortunate. <laughs> I um, I'm speaking on the stage with Tiana, um, with Sandy Zanino, and uh, it's actually my inaugural like live speaking event at a conference. So I'm nice. really excited for that. We're talking through DEI. Um, I think our minds are open right now. Everybody's very open-minded. They know this conversation needs mm -hmm. to happen. They just don't know where to start. And so that's what we're looking to do today. It's just kind of, how do I get started? And I know, like, I know the quote, I don't see color or I, you know, there's all of this, like these thoughts out there, but how do I get started in my dealership to bring that diversity and inclusion mm -hmm. forward? We're going to help you bring that today and hopefully get some takeaway notes for everybody and from each other, I think, as well. Um, the other one is digital. We've just been talking about it, but the experience, it's not about quantity. It's about quality. Yes. And Thank you. <laughs> for, you know, for anybody who's wondering about it. So we actually had month over month. We a lot of our stores dropped in leads month over month in new cars. Yet we had our biggest market share month ever. So what does that tell you? Take care of your leads, take care of your people, mm -hmm. make sure you have quality traffic getting into your dealership, and everything will happen as long as you treat the customer like a human as a person and not as a lead. So um, I think that's just one thing. Be open-minded, be ready, because um, the world has changed in the past two years, and we got to just open our minds and take it all in. I'm so with you. I think I need a, a mic drop <laughs> on that one right there. Actually, that's, that was perfect. Hey, guys, thank you so much for taking the time to jam with me today. This has been a lot of fun. Sounds great. Are we taking Thank this boat you. out now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's, go. Go. let's go. go. Let's go for a ride. Let's go, Captain. <laughs> Can I drive? <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to the Matador Yachtcast with your host, Jason Harris. Don't want to miss new content? Be sure to check out the full podcast library at matador.ai to stay in the know.
Remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Happy podcasting.